welcome to the Cocktails and Pajamas podcast. This is Jennifer. This is Natasha. Hi, it's Heather. Awesome. So today I think we're talking about crime. We're trying to go with like a spooky theme going leading into Halloween. So um, we, we did our vampires and a little touch of paranormal last time. And this time we tasked ourselves with the extremely difficult <laughs> crime. <laughs> I was only able to pull one book from my uh, book list that I've read that, but then I I was actually just thinking when I was sitting down about um, like serial killers and true crime and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of um, not, maybe not a lot, but many of like the darker romances have those elements in it. And we just categorize that as like dark romance, not specifically as crime or anything like that when it's like very obviously crime involved um like different kidnapping and um sex trafficking and you know like all those kinds of things um but the one book i came up with was tied by carrie and cole um and it was i remember it being very very good i read it a long time ago um but the lead character had been kidnapped um and the uh the male character like rescues her and kills her um captor which is all in the synopsis so it's not a spoiler (laughs) um but that was i mean that was really really good i liked it carrie and cole if you like rockstar romance has a great ashes and ember series but um i really enjoyed that one as but i think that was kind of light on the crime element well, I, I don't know if we mentioned last week, but I said Abby Rhodes mm-hmm. wrote a book, Saving Mercy. Um, and the hero of that book is the son of a serial killer. Oh, cool. And, um, you know, he was with his father to his early teens, I think. Um, and his father was killing people and trying to groom him to be a future serial killer. Wow. And he's just this kid. It was, it's disturbing, but it's such a good book. And the heroine in um, that same book is one of his dad's victims that got away. Oh, wow. I know. Talk about crazy. So, um, you know, there are some other books that have serial killer themes, but I have to agree with what you said about the dark romance. Like you could really dissect that a lot. You know, with um, crime, you've got mafia, you've got, you know, all kinds of stuff um, Mm -hmm. going on and you could really lump it together. I've never read a a nonfiction true crime book. I've only read fictionalized versions Mm -hmm. of it. I don't know if they're based on actual people, but, you know, I don't know. I get creeped out really easy. So (laughs) I'm kind of a chicken. (laughs) Yeah, I... um. I love true crime and most of what I get is, you know, from like unsolved mysteries, cold case files, like all the, like those kinds of TV shows that you can find on like Netflix and whatnot. Um, and of course podcasts. Um, I haven't read true crime and I think, I feel like listening to people talk about it is different than like reading detailed descriptions of everything. Um, because I do have, like a gag reflex. (laughs) Um, and, and I think if, if I heard, you know, like my dad reads, um, 
mafia books, like real uh, nonfiction mafia books and stuff like that, like the Iceman and whatnot. And like, I'll just like flip through a page. Energy paint houses, that kind of yeah. And I'm like, that is like. I don't need to know about, and even honestly, even with some of like the darker romance, like the MCs and the mafia books, when they like start pulling toenails, I'm like, Ugh, like, no, I can't even, you know, as uh even just listening to like the romanticized audiobook of it, I'm like, nope, I'm not, I skip ahead. I'm not listening to that. Um, so yeah. So for like, I, I do enjoy it, but it's, it has to be really filtered down to something that's not, um, disgusting. And I mean, not that, not that it's not dis- but not like, I don't need every gruesome detail. Like it's, it's fascinating. It's disturbing. Yeah. It's disturbing. Yeah. You know, I can handle it until it's kids and animals. Oh. And then I like lose my mind. Yeah. No. Oh. Like if a kid gets hurt or an animal gets hurt, like into <laughs> the world for me. Yes. I totally agree. Um, but there are some authors that have done it really well. You know, Kristen, yeah. I, I know we talked about this before, Kristen Ashley, um, you know, Sweet Dreams is one of my favorite books of hers. And um, there's a serial killer for sure in that book. Mm-hmm. And um, what was the other one? For You and um, there's a couple of them in her Berg series. I forget. My mind's going blank. I don't have my phone to look it up. But she does it well. Yeah. You know, I mean, people die and get messed up, um, but she writes it well. I can handle it. Yeah. And even um, like romantic suspense has, you know, some element of like mystery and crime going on in the background. Um, I Like I, I mentioned last week, um, Tia Louise, the, the um, vampire book, book she wrote as like a parallel to the other one like that's uh romantic suspense it has crime like um you know just some something going on um oh what is it laura k laura k is that let me see Mm -hmm. um yes laura k has laura k writes romantic suspense yeah yeah um and i i want to say that again, that I mentioned last week, the, um, the, the New Orleans series, um, that Kristen Proby wrote, I think that was romantic suspense also. I love that series. Me too. It it is. And it's, I love that series. It's, I don't know. I just always look at her and she's so cheery and adorable. Yes. And then I read, I read what was the shadows was the first one, whatever the first one was. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like people are dying and getting like totally like, mutilated and it was crazy and i just thought wow yeah this came out her brain (laughs) that's like every time i read a willow winters book because i'm friends with her and you know and i read this messed up stuff and i'm like but you look like snow white (laughs) you're so sweet and and i love her so much but it's crazy yeah um and Laura Kay, I mean, she looks like a, a like a kindergarten teacher or, like, you know, like oh an elementary God, school yeah. teacher. I saw her in, yeah. um, I think it was one of the Maryland signings that I saw yeah. her. Um, and I was like, she looked like somebody that I had worked with at a previous job. And I'm like, and you have all these like 
things going on. Of course. Um, I know. And, and, and those are the best books to read, though, because you get such a, a physical and mental reaction out of them. Yes, I agree. Because yeah. they're pushing all those boundaries and um, they're challenging you as a reader to keep going. And, you know, you're just flipping pages mm-hmm. and you just can't get through it fast enough. And when right. it's done, you're, you're so sad. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, those are, those are the best. I mean, the rom-coms are great. I love mm-hmm. a good chuckle and I love, a, you know, good funny enemies to lovers, you know, right. the hating game type book. I love them. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think I get as much as a reaction out of something that's a little darker and um, edgier and angstier. Right. And I think, um, I think that's one of the great things about, about like the romance genre in general is that you can you can binge a romantic suspense series and like go into all those like deep and dark places and then turn around and pick up a rom-com and like get your soul back <laughs> you know like after after you've just been <laughs> it's like a, it's a palate cleanser yes after you've yeah. been like beaten down and are just like in such a dark place which i mean and i get sometimes from listening just to the true crime podcast every now and then I'm like, all right, give me something funny before I like lose my mind. <laughs> um, and, and that's, I think that's, Do you ever see great. those videos um, like on TikTok and stuff where like a girl's putting on her makeup and she's like telling you this whole like serial killer story from beginning to end. Well, yeah. And you're just like, you can't stop watching because, you know, number one, she's putting on this awesome makeup. Right. And number two, you're like sucked into the story. Yes. You know, and at the end, her face is perfect. And right. then she like tells you the conclusion. It's right. those are addicting. I just go down that rabbit hole on TikTok all the time. Yeah, I have seen those before. And that's, um, I started, wa- like, I started like the listening to those kinds of true crime things. Um from YouTube, like it just kept popping up in my feed. It wasn't that specifically, but it was like a girl sitting there, like talking about it and showing like pictures of like the people and whatnot. And so I was, I was intrigued. And then I watched all of them and I was like, well, now what? And then I found the podcast and started going through those. Um, but it well, is sometimes those are really interesting because they also leave it for your interpretation. So, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? The like, cold cases. You yeah. and I could watch the same one and think completely differently. Oh, absolutely. Uh, of the outcome. Just like we could read the same book, you know what I mean? And think right. completely different, you know, um, things that happened. Yeah, definitely. So, like Verity. Oh my God. I ha- I still haven't like, read Verity, that. I need you to. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people think other things happened in that book. I'm not going to do any spoilers, but the mm-hmm. ending, you know, really did leave you to kind of figure that out yourself. Yeah. Um, and you had mentioned too, Heather, that the like tr- true crime sells like hotcakes at your store. Do you see a lot of like comparatively like romantic suspense sell a lot or is it, is it kind is it two totally separate audiences? Um, no, I, I don't, you know, I mean, there are a few authors that write romantic suspense really well, like what Laura Griffin, is that her name? Um, I don't have my phone. But um, rom-com and um, historical and fantasy are like the top three for sure that sell um, in in my store in romance. And fantasy really crosses the line because there's a lot in the actual 
adult fantasy section that's not in romance, but could be considered yeah. romance. Like we talked about Chloe Neal and we talked about, you know, other authors. So, um, and Dorinda Jones, you know, but those are the top three romantic suspense really, you know, no. Yeah. It sounds okay, but yeah, it's not, there's just not a lot of it. It's not, not in comparison to the true crime. <laughs> historical romance. Um, but that was the Bridgerton influence and definitely it's, it's, you know, since Bridgerton isn't, um, a new, I don't know when the next season's coming on. We'll probably get another spike then historical does okay, but it's, it's, fantasy and um rom-com and then historical Mm -hmm. but like i said i i think it had to do with shutdown like everyone and their brother was listening to podcasts and watching true crime shows right yeah and when they they were able to you know come back in the store you know you've got authors like ann rule that have like a bazillion books even patterson's writing true crime now oh wow i didn't know that oh well i knew he did that yeah, he did that TV so, series. Um, I didn't know that there. It, but it was that. it was something I think on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it was true crime. It was like a small town, kind of like mishandling a case, like prejudices, blah blah blah, like all that. Could have, that could have just been one of his. Um, that could have just been one of his regular fiction series, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't um, really, I don't really read him, but, but it sells. It sells. People love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw so much of it at Christmas too. Last last holiday, um, yeah. kids coming in and buying books for their moms. It was hilarious. <laughs> nice. I, um, and also the the like redo of Unsolved Mysteries came out um, during the shutdown, I think too. So that's probably what sparked a lot of interest as people were like, "Oh, this again." Um, yeah, but that was. Oh, yeah. That's it's just so fascinating for me. Um, it really, it really is, and you know, I, I love it because people that never read before are finding their niche. You know what I mean? Everyone that says they don't like to read, I right. always automatically think in my head, you just haven't found the, what you need what to you read. Like. Yeah, you're forcing yourself to read something you might not like, right? And if you like reading true crime, then read true crime. Yeah, you know what I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're reading. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, the podcast that I listen to, um, they talk about Anne Rule a lot. I, I think it's it's crazy because she worked with Ted Bundy, and that's how I, I I'm I'm just assuming, but I think that's how she started writing her true crime is that she literally was working in the same place as Ted Bundy, um, and is I, one of the people who turned him in. Because she's, she said, you know, that it can't possibly be him, but that guy sounds a lot like this guy, but it can't be him, like, kind of thing. And um, I think it was, like, The Stranger Sitting Next to Me, I think might have been the name of the book or something something along those I lines. I think it is. Um, what about the um, – what was the one about the um, murderer in California? The Golden State Killer? Yeah. yeah and um, then the Michelle book McNamara. came out. Wrote, there was a lady that wrote a book. Michelle McNamara. And literally within weeks, mm-hmm. everything she wrote in her book, they found out was like right, true. They yeah. ended up solving it. And that book sold like yeah, crazy. I, I mean, it's, it sold like that before. And then when they found out, it was like kept going out of print. Yeah. Um, Michelle McNamara is the author. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm going to Google it because I'm going to say it wrong. And I don't want to say it wrong. Um, 
I'll be gone in the dark is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, is actually fascinating because um, my favorite murder is the true prank podcast that I listened to. And um, I just started listening to it. They started in 2016. So I've been binging from the very beginning. Um, and um, one of the hosts is good friends with um, Michelle McNamara's husband, like Michelle McNamara has passed away. Um, but is really good friends with her husband um, who's an actor. And so they've always been very close with that case. They've talked about it and everything. So they did, um, they did when her book released, they went on, you know, they felt they recorded an episode um, in like Oregon or Seattle or something like that um, at the book signing for, or like at the book thing for that at a local bookstore. Um, And I looked at it and I was like, this is before it was solved. Like, cause you know, knowing now I'm like, they know, like we know who it is. And I'm like, this is before. So I looked and it was, they filmed and published that episode in March of 2018, I think. Um, and he was found in April of 2018. So the book came out like a month before they figured out who it was. It was mm-hmm. it's just so fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I was so excited. I'm like, I have to hurry up and I have to get to that episode. Cause I can't wait to hear them talk about finding out who it was. And they had, um, they even had the, the one of the police detectives, Paul Holes, who worked on that case from when he was young, like, I mean, over 30 years or, or however long it was um, on the show talking about, it was just so cool. It was so cool to be part of that. That happened three years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I it's just I, I always remember the books that um go out of print and then everyone gets mad at us <laughs> like it's our fault. <laughs> and yes. I'm like, really sorry. Like I do like to make money on I wish I had a hundred copies of this book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um but you know it's it's just it's fascinating um whenever there's a, a movie or anything comes out and then the book, mm-hmm. you know gets it sells really well and you know i stand there and i i probably hear this at least a couple of times a month someone say huh i didn't know this was a book yeah about something you know and it's always 99 percent of the time the book first and then the movie tv show documentary whatever right and um it's just it's just so interesting that people don't know that yeah yeah it's it is. It is interesting. Um, now, do you read the book first before any show? Um, um, so I, ha- I, I have, and I, I did like I'm trying to think of one. Um, Twilight, I read before I watched all the movies. Um, and when I when I read Twilight, the book, the first book, it was when it had been out in the theaters for a few weeks. And one of my coworkers had said, um, you need to read this. So I did. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I tried to read it before I went to go see it in the theater. So I did that, um, with all of those. Um, I did it with Heidi McLaughlin's, um, forever. My oh, girl. Yeah. I, I, I had um, read that like years ago. Yes. Um, but that was one that I kept telling cause people were like, Oh, do you want to go see this in the movie? And I'm like, you have to read the book. And they're like, what book? Um, but everybody thought it was like a James Patterson book. Yeah. They didn't know. Um, Oh no. Everyone thought it was Nicholas Sparks. Oh, I will that's, never that's what ever it was. forget I that. I, I just always, said that. Yeah. I do not know Heidi McLaughlin. Like at all. I don't think we've ever met. Mm-hmm. 
and pe- people would come in and argue with me. And then, and then I'm just like, don't argue with the bookseller, you know? And they're like, you know, that book by, by Nicholas Sparks. I'm like, yeah. Heidi McLaughlin. And I always, always felt so bad for her. I'm just like, first of all, I don't think I would ever want to be told that, you know, I was Nicholas Sparks because like, well, uh, I don't like him. So, um, you know, and then I'm just like, well, she deserves all the credit. She wrote this fantastic book and they turn it into a successful movie, you know, and people think Nicholas Sparks wrote it. Right. Well, they say uh-huh. in the, um, I, at least in some of the trailers I saw, uh-huh. um, something like, kind of like if, if you like Nicholas Sparks, then, you know, yes. like that. So they kind of, I think that was it. Yeah. They mentioned it and it was, and it's, it's definitely in that category of his movies for sure, but it's, it wasn't him. So, um, but the, no. there are a lot. Um, and like, I like, um, Stand By Me is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and that was based on a short story by Stephen King. So I had seen the movie before I read the book, the short story for that. Um, I, my, I read the color purple after the movie mm-hmm. and um, I, I think that's, I usually try to read the book first, but that one I haven't. I do too. And mm-hmm. I think there, there are occasions where I just like might not have the time or I might just not want to. And so I won't. Um, but with, within the romance genre, I usually try and read before I watch. Um, but then I also can sometimes end up being that annoying person in the movie theater. That's like, that didn't happen. What? Like, uh-huh, which I did yeah. through like all of twilight. I was like, what is that? Yeah. I was like, that, I did that didn't with happen Vampire at Academy. all. <laughs> um, did you read Vampire Academy? I no. did that when, cause I read the books and really, really liked them. Yeah. And the movie was good, but it was really campy. Oh uh, yeah. Campier. The, the books were darker. I love Rochelle and um, I was really upset that I felt like, you know, the movie could have been so much better if they went darker. Yeah. Even darker. Yeah. I, um, with, with now, now do the podcasts that you listen to, the true crime podcast that you mm-hmm. listen to, does, um, do they talk about, um, like, does it encourage you to go out and listen? Cause I know you do audio, the books, that they might mention if, if, if let's say they talk about a certain crime and you know, there's a book out there. Do you go and listen I to the book? Yet. I haven't yet only because like I, I am making a list, uh, like an interest list. Um, but because I'm binge reading it uh, or binge listening to it, I'm trying to like, my main goal is catching up <laughs> um, on, on the thing. So I'm on, in 2018 now, so I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, like I, I, my first goal is to catch up and then work through. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I drive a lot for work, so it, it works out that I can listen. And some, and when I'm working too, if I'm not, um, with a patient, then I'm usually, you know, writing a treatment plan or doing something where I can, um, listen to, you know, have my earbuds in and listen. So, I, and when I'm cleaning, if I'm cooking, anything like that, I can just plug in and, and do it. But I really want to read um, some of Anne Rule's books. Um, the The podcast, they actually released a book. So I, I have that and I want to read that. Um, Michelle McNamara's I want to read. Um, 
And I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that they're not incredibly graphic. I know that Michelle McNamara is, um, from what I've heard, it's very, it can be very haunting. Um, some of them say now that they're reading it, now that he's caught, it's a little less haunting than it was like a week before when, when, you know, when he was still out there somewhere. Um, but my gosh, he, he had so many crimes. It's cause he was the East area rapist and he was the golden state killer. So he had, it was something like 50 rapes and over 30 murders. It, oh, and he was, uh, something ransacker. So before he, before he started rape or no, I'm sorry. It was like 13 murders, I think. And 30 to 50 rape. I I forget exactly what it is, but he was a ransacker before he did that. So he had three different monikers going like he, but he, and he evolved. I mean, it's, it's so crazy. Um, And he's like 78 year old man when they caught him. Like, it's just, Oh, Oh, I don't know. Did a lot of damage over the years. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Totally. Um, Also, I think it's a, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was just going to say that there is um, breaking news today in the true crime world because that that 22 year old girl that um, was reported missing after the uh, going on like the cross country trip with her boyfriend, they found remains that match her. They haven't tested it yet, so they can't say conclusively, but it seems like it's her, and that's devastating. Yeah, I saw that. Oof. So, so devastating. It's very sad. I always get, that's the same age as my kids. So. Yeah. It's. My heart goes out to her family. Oh my gosh. So sad. I think that um, it takes, I was going to say, I think it takes a certain person to really um, be able to digest the true crime podcasts and read the true crime books. Um, Because you have to really, like, I am like super sensitive yeah. And, you know, yeah. things that happen in a romance book, you know, bring sure, you to tears yeah. and yeah. I like feel everything. So when you're reading something and listening to a podcast and, you know, it's real, mm-hmm. not fictionalized. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's not going to be an ATA at the end. Right, you know, right. it, it definitely, you know, you have to be able to separate that. And I, I can't like even like the news disturbs me so much on a nightly yeah. basis because my and, husband always watches it. And it is. And I'm it's just like, I can't. Can't yeah, do it. you definitely have to detach yourself. Um, and I think, I think what helps, and I think what helps most of the time is that a lot of the crimes that they cover are so old that it seems less, a little less close to home. Um, which I, I mean, it's hard. It's kind of hard to describe. But then there are some that it's just so disturbing that it's like, all right, I need to put this away and not. Like I need to go look at puppies or something <laughs> like I can't do. And they, yeah. I mean, and they also, um, at least with, with MFM, they also feel that themselves. And they're like, you know, they mix in some of the, they, they do a tour. Um, so they mix in some of their live shows and in their live shows, they don't, they don't do, they try and cause it's a comedy, it's a true crime comedy podcast. And that's what kind of helps me is that they're, they're not laughing at the murder. They're not laughing at the victims or with the killer or anything, but they, they're just goofy when they tell the story that it just, it, that, that alone lightens it up a little bit. Um, so when they do their tours, they, um, they try and find 
crimes that they can talk about that they can do that with. They try not to do something super dark. So there is like, they have a mix of episodes going up. Sometimes they'll do, um, if they've had like a bunch of dark ones, they'll be like, I needed to do an, I survive story. So they'll do a story of, of a true crime survivor, which those are always fascinating. Um, too, but that get you know, that gives you the hope and everything. And like, that's what I can do if I'm ever in that situation. Um, which is, I mean, it's just so crazy. All, all those things are so crazy. Um, oh, I totally forgot. I read a book um, just recently and it was a romance and it was um, a serial killer. Hmm. Um, it's called Still Beating. Uh-huh. And it's about a guy and a girl that get um, kidnapped by, um, oh, I forget what they called him, like Cupid or something like that. He would take a guy and a girl together and chain them together mm-hmm. and make them fall in love. And then he would kill one of them while the other one watched. Yeah. Yeah. And he would kill the couple. And then he'd wait a couple months and find another couple and do it again. And, um, God, that book was so good. Jennifer Hartman. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Still Beating, I think, is the title. And um, it was fabulous and dark and so angsty because, you know, they obviously escaped. But, um like how do you come back from something that traumatic and the guy um, and the girl that were kidnapped, the guy was engaged to her sister. Oh, wow. So talk about complicated. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they'd known each other since high school, you know, so, and they didn't really like each other, (laughs) you know, and um, so I'm not going to spoil it anymore, but it just was really, really a good book. And he was a serial killer. Interesting. Yeah, I um. Mm-hmm. So it's out there. I mean, if that's your trope, I mean, it's yeah, there. yeah. It's it's hard because, like, you know, we 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 choose romance. I think often for like the lightness of it and the escape and everything. And it's, I mean, I do. I I think I have to be in a mental, a, a certain like mental space to do like the romantic suspense or to dive into like a paranormal or like a, a dark romance or something like that. So it's, it's hard for me, I guess, to find those because I'm never really actively looking for it. It's usually, you know, somebody will post and, or say like, Hey, this is a great book. Check it out. Um, and that's how I'll find those things. Cause often, you know, if you're looking for a mystery or you're looking for a suspense, your first thought might not be romantic suspense or, you know, it's, it might be whatever, um, you know, like an Anne rule or James Patterson or, you know, something like that. So, um, I wonder what kind of research someone would have to do to write about that. Could you imagine like fiction or nonfiction? Well, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking fiction. Oh yeah. So you're going to take, you know, Jennifer Hartman, you know, comes up with this idea to write this book and, you know, I'd love to pick her brain and say, where did you get this idea from? And how did you research something like this? Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, cause I, I've done when I like rockstar romance and I've written some of those. um, And I've a lot of what I got, for that was because we go, we go to music festivals, we go to rock concerts, we do all that stuff and um, read, you know, the different magazines and articles and stuff and get a little bit of sense of the background, but that's all, you know, 
I mean, there, there might be some drugs and sex and stuff like that, but there's not murder and, you know, um, torture and stuff like that. So I feel like for me, it would be so hard to get to that place to be able to do that effectively. Um, so I, I mean, I think it's, I don't know if awesome is the right word. (laughs) It's weird to talk about it in that context, but I mean, I think, I think it's great. You know, the authors who get like so deep into the research, um, for whatever, whatever their, um, genre is or trope is and, and do that and figure that out. Um, and I mean, maybe she's a true crime junkie, you know, like who knows, (laughs) but I, Uh, I also, I would be fascinated to, to talk to somebody like that also just to see, you know, how, how it affects them, like creating that world. Like, does that, does it affect them or is it like, is it very easy for them to separate reality and it was really believable. Yeah. It it was, it was the way she wrote it. You know, the way I, I, even with Kristen Ashley's sweet dreams, you know, um, and Abby Rhodes, you know, saving mercy, Mm-hmm. You know, the, they did such a wonderful job uh, making it completely believable Yeah, that, you know, that really could happen, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, again, I just like the fact that there was the happily ever after. At the yeah, end, yeah. Because I... And see, and I, and I, I guess... <laughs> Natasha will tell you, when my, when my characters die, I, I, <laughs> I hold grudges. Um, and I think, I think part of what is... Again, it's just, it's so weird using any kind of like positive adjective to describe a true crime or something like that. But I think what's satisfying about a lot of the true crime is that it, like many of them do get solved. Um, The unsolved ones are still fascinating, but frustrating because it's like, oh, but, but you do get maybe a little bit of satisfaction in the like choose your own ending aspect of it and getting to maybe discuss that and say, maybe this happened, maybe, and you know, just exploring different theories and stuff like that. So there is a little bit in that. Um, but definitely with the, with the, with the crimes that are solved, like there is that bit of satisfaction knowing that that person got put away um, and, you know, got the, you know, the victims got justice and stuff um, for sure. Mm-hmm. but it's so th- there is that like aspect of like a happily ever after, but it's a terrible happily ever after because somebody's dead, somebody's traumatized, you know, something along those lines. So it's a different kind of happy ending, but um, mm-hmm. it's just fascinating. It's so fascinating. It really is. And I think but I'm still not going to read um, a nonfiction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you won't catch it. Yeah. Like no. I feel like, mm-hmm. Nope. I feel like there are just, you know, those, at least those two so far I've got written down, um, the one, the Ted Bundy one that Ann Rule did and Michelle McNamara's. And so far, those are the two that, um, I'm very interested in from, you know, from really listening to like a few things on those crimes. So, um, but yeah, if it's, if, if either of them get like really dark and depraved and, Oh, then I'll, I might not finish them or I may skip. Who knows? Um, so Natasha, what are you drinking over there? Just wine. Well, I've got, um, I have a uh, twisted tea today. My dad had bought it thinking that he would like it and he didn't like it. So he gave it to me. 
Like this huge, he doesn't just try like one can of twisted tea, like the guy hit the other person in the head with in the convenience store. He didn't just get one of those. He got like a, like a 12 pack of lemon, peach, whatever. And I was like, and you didn't even know if you liked it. And you bought like a huge container of it. So anyway. But you inherited it, right? Exactly. So So no, no, no real complaints here. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. I like It's good. Yeah. I like twisted tea. My husband likes that sometimes. Yeah, I haven't had it in a really long time. Because um, twisted tea was, was like one of the first malted beverage teas that came out, I think. Or, yeah, I'm pretty, like when they first started, I mean, they did Zima eons ago but like oh god that's taking me back yeah (laughs) and like you know like zima and wine coolers were the thing and then they kind of went away and then when they came back it was like the you know like the bacardi and the seagrams had their own little like malted beverages and stuff i'm just drinking plain old decaf coffee nothing nothing special today nice well i figured since last week or last time uh last episode I just did my seltzer. I would try to actually partake this week. I partaked even if I did not partake (laughs) in the conversation. Do you have anything that you would like to talk about, Natasha? Anything spooky that can go with our spooky days before Halloween? If I lived in the old neighborhood, I might have had something scary. But it's pretty quiet in this neighborhood. Quiet is good. My neighborhood is pretty quiet, except for some kid that lives in the other part of the neighborhood has a truck with like no exhaust and just buzzes through, like literally buzzes through the neighborhood at all hours. It's wonderful. It's the talk of the neighborhood Facebook group for sure. A kid in the white truck is back out. Uh oh. Yes, he's already been like crucified on that. Did they get him for like a noise violation? You would think, um, but it's it's interesting um, because here they just passed some like law or whatever where um, people can't have squatted trucks, which is like when the the back tires are lower than the front tires. That's a big okay. thing around here. Listen, are we in the nineties? Listen. Oh, no. In, in, Listen. A rap, in a rap video? <laughs> what the heck? Um, and his truck is like that. So I don't understand why, if that was just passed, this is still, you know, like, I just don't get it. Because I'm sure somebody has called the police on his um, on his squatted truck. But but why did that have to pass? We are in 2021. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I have geez. no idea. They're trying to bring the '90s back. You're gonna have people out there listening <laughs> to Tupac soon. Have you ever seen? So people like often. Um, I've heard things like if if a guy drives like a gigantic truck or a sports car that they're trying to compensate. Oh yeah, I um, that all the time. Yeah, so time. Mm-hmm. it was really funny because I was listening to the po- the true crime pa- podcast with Brad one day, and they said something along the lines of like the the serial killer was trying to compensate for you know being incompetent or um, in- 
It's not incompetent. What is the word? (laughs) That's it. Thank you. So he was trying to compensate. And I just randomly said, I was like, why didn't he just buy a really big truck? (laughs) Kind of lame, but it is what it is. No, it's the first thing I think of when someone revs their car. Yes, exactly. Harley, like Harley's already loud, but when you're standing there revving it at like an intersection, like Mm -hmm. really? Is that necessary? Yeah, it no. happened at work the other day, and and this boy, this kid, probably in his twenties, with his mom, and he was obviously autistic. And here's this guy revving his Harley mm-hmm. in the parking lot and taking it off in the parking lot of the freaking mall. Like, Ugh. who are you showing off for at the mall? It's ridiculous. You know? Yeah. And the the boy, the boy man, was like really did not like that loud noise, and I felt so bad for him. Just like, yeah, why are you doing? Why are you doing this? You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah, people, I don't know what's the matter with Anyway, we went off topic. (laughs) Don't we always? (laughs) No, I'm glad we talked about true crime. And and I'm glad we talked about, you know, serial killers and romance. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone thinks that romance is so fluffy. Right, yeah. And they they think, you know, they think Debbie McComer, who is amazing. And she sells a lot of books. And that's great. You know, and that's, Mm -hmm. she writes super sweet romances. And my mom loves her. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's a much more depth in um romance than i think people give it credit for they're just so dismissive of this you know billion dollar industry right that has to be doing something right have any of those Mm -hmm. other fancy schmancy authors yeah because it's the romances money that pay their you know pay for them to write their books right i think it's awesome i i love that i mean you can definitely you can definitely read some books that are the same as other books. Um, I remember a few years ago, um, there was, there was an author and I, I don't remember what their name was, but I wouldn't say their name in this case anyway, but they had several books and it was the exact same storyline, but it was a cop. It was a football player. It was a baseball player. It, you know, it was just a different, a different like trope, but the exact, it was the exact same thing. I mean, they had the exact same friends. The, it, like, just everything was exactly the same, just with different names, different setting, all of that. So they they had a template that they thought worked, and they literally just plugged it with this, plugged it with that. And And it's, you know, in some cases, that's fine. But this one was, like, the exact same thing. And I think that that's part of what might give the romance genre a not so great name is that if you do dip into that and you're like, here's the same, here's the same thing over and over again, you might not realize, like, look at all these other areas of things. There's, um, I got Brad to read cause he likes mafia stories. I got him to read, um, the Eagle elite book, the first book in the Eagle elite series by, um, Rachel Van Dyken. And he loved it. He loved it. And I was like, there you go. Like what I'm listening to or what I'm writing and what I'm reading, like it's, it's something else. Like there's something for everybody. Yeah. It's amazing how as soon as you say romance, people are like, nope, I don't read romance, you know, and our friend Dana's husband who reads a lot of thrillers, he reads, you know, the, um, Baldacci's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he reads the, the thrillers, um, Vince Flynn, things like that, books like that. And um, she got him to read Vines by Bryn Asher. 
and hers books are romantic suspense too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he loved it. In fact, he devoured the whole killer series hmm. and really, really could not wait for scars to come out when it came out last year. And he's like, I would have never picked this up because you said it was romance, but my wife, you know, I trust my wife. Right. And she says, you know, this has all the elements that you have in your other books. It just happens to be romance. Right. And, you know, and then, um, another friend of ours, cause it's a whole group. Heidi got her husband, Steve to read Freya Barker. Cause she writes romantic suspense and he loved it, hmm. you know? And he, again, he's not a romance reader. Right. So, um, you know, these are two ex air retired air force guys, you know, can't get much more badass than them. And they enjoyed it. So it's just a shame that, um, as soon as you say romance, people are just like, Nope. Right. And won't even try it. Right. And you know, it, there's might just the only thing different maybe is there's just a little bit more sex in some of the books. Right. Than, yeah. Cause you know, you would get in, in, in other, in other genres. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about, so many, so many of the like movies, um, action movies, uh, suspense movies and stuff. There's, there's some element of there's, there's a love interest in there, whether it's like a forever love or a for right now love, like there's something going on. And mm-hmm. this has, yeah. like you said, just like a little bit more of that than something that would be shelved specifically in suspense. Like it's yeah. look at James Bond, you know, and, that, and that's exactly what I was a, thinking too. He, he's always got somebody. I mean, look at a lead child, Lee child with his Jack Reacher yeah. you know, series. There, there's always, there's something, there's something right. in there, you know? Yeah. And um, like I said, just because someone says it's romance, you know, and they're like, nah, and they shut down. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many great books out there. Yeah. It's, I guess they're sad. I think, God, you're cutting yourself off. There's so many good books out there that you could read. Yes. 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 All right. Well, this has been super fun. I love, I, I mean, I love chatting with you guys mm-hmm. in general, but I like, and I like mm-hmm. true crime and I like romance. <laughs> so this was super fun. Cause I got to do a lot of <laughs> things that I like. <laughs> um, well, you should write down if you like serial killers and true crime. You should read Saving Mercy by Abby. Rose. I do. I have it down and too. You should, I'm gonna. Um, um, yeah, and you should check out um, Jennifer Hartman's book, Still Beating. Yeah, that book was so good, and of course, Kristen Ashley has a bunch of them too. So. Yeah, I wrote all those I down, and like I'll in, um, I'll put them in our show notes. Yeah, they're also. on audio too. So okay, cool. Yeah, I need yeah. audio. I just I don't know what's up with me. I have not. I haven't had a good time actually reading books like paper books in a, in a while. Um, so audio is kind of my go-to. So, but I'll definitely check them out and they'll be in our show notes too. Um, so if anybody else wants to check them out, they can, um, but it's been fun. Super, super fun. Thanks. I'm enjoying doing the spooky. Me too. I can't wait to see what we're going to talk about next. I know. October. I know. I know. Um, so I think we we should go with ghosts or something. Ghost stories. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Ghosts. And look at the expression. Listeners can't see the look on (laughs) Natasha's face. Come on. She very much has a what the fuck look on her face. Carolyn Kenyon wrote about a ghost. The heroine was yeah. a freaking ghost. And that was it Sherilyn Kenyon? You no, it wasn't Sherilyn Kenyon. It was um Cressley Cole. 
That was Claire's favorite book. Cressley Cole. Was it? Yeah. I don't remember. I have to figure it out. It's been so long since I've <laughs> Well, I think this, this episode will go live on October 1st. You're so we'll me. have at least one or two more um, to go out mm-hmm. in October. And maybe we can talk ghosts. Maybe we can get a guest. A guest um, spooky, yeah. spooky, scary writer to come talk to us. We'll have to look into that. Um, figure out if we know any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening. Um, mm-hmm. Feel free to reach out to us. Cocktails and pajamas podcast.com cocktails and pajamas at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. It's great. It's great chat with you ladies. Yeah. Look same. Forward to next time. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> I am in, I am here as in she was she was drinking. Support. Yeah. So that's good. She good. had a cocktail party. Awesome. Oh, do you have your pajamas on? I did. I, okay, I do have pajamas on. I've been in them I've been in them all day. <laughs> it was that type of day. All right, and happy birthday, Natasha. Your birthday's in a few days. It is. Thank you. All right, thanks guys. Yeah, it was great chatting with you. Great chatting with you too. Bye. All right. Bye.